Computadora, and we're gonna loading in progress. All right, where am I screwing? Wow. All right, so let us begin. If I can find the button that says present, there we go. All right, so a um, few things here. So intro to sport uh, nutrition. So there's three things uh, that immediately come to mind when we think about how your nutrition affects your performance. Um, as you go throughout this, feel free to also jot notes. I don't do PowerPoints with a ton of words. So if you catch things you like, uh, you know, write that, jot that down, all right? So there's a variety of ways that nutrition affects your performance when it comes to you uh, training, you know, competing, things like that. Big thing is energy and fatigue, right? You literally use the energy that, you know, the food that you eat to give you energy to, you know, do everything that you need to do. And so how much you've eaten and what you've eaten affects your energy a lot. And depending on what it is that you're eating and how much of it, it can you know, also affect your fatigue. So an example is eating like a ton of sugary foods, right? You know, drinking some pop, having a bunch of pastries, maybe even like, um, you know, pizzas and, and uh, fries too often, right? You might get like a small burst of energy and then it's easy to kind of flatline out. Um, eating, you know, fruits, uh, foods that are like high in fibers, you got your vegetables, plant-based carbs, these things can kind of keep your energy pretty stable. So it doesn't drop off very much because it digests a lot slower. Also aspects when it comes to energy and fatigue, nutritional status. If you start to become dehydrated, it can make you a little groggy, a little irritable. You would be surprised at how much better you feel and kind of handle situations once you've just drinking some more water. It's, it's just much different. All right, so those are a couple of examples. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Mental clarity and focus. To the same tune of energy, what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat it, can affect your ability to have a clear head. When it comes to being able to play sports, well, being able to have uh, your mind clear and the ability to focus mean a lot when it comes to, you know, making decisions. If you're playing basketball, you need to be able to make, have a clear head to make the right passes, to make the right shots, to even keep your body functioning and keep that muscle memory to make those shots. Um, I remember a story back in grad school when I was playing Ultimate Frisbee. There was a day where I did this really hard workout and I was like fried. Like my system was fried. I was tired the next day from the workout I did and I didn't eat enough throughout the day. And I showed up to practice and it was at like six at night. And I think I just had a busy day on campus. And so I didn't eat enough. I showed up to that campus and I could not hit my throws to save my life. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that there was one time so in an ultimate, like you throw a big full field throw to the other team. It's kind of like a kickoff in football and it's called a pool, right? I dropped the pool. No, I think I caught the pool for once. And then like, I was just so not there focus wise that like I mistaken the color shirt of the guy in front of me and literally just threw it to a defender because I just wasn't there all the way. 
when you play sports that require a lot of tactics, that require a lot of focus to be able to put a lot of power output, let's say even in cross country, right? You run three miles, which at a certain level of ability, running three miles is really hard. If you're not that fast, I mean, I can't say it's not hard, but you know, for when you're not that fast, running three miles is just like, it's just hard to do. But when you're pretty fast and you're competing, it's hard focus to maintain that pace because it's very easy to back off of the pace. If you're trying to run, you know, a six minute mile pace, 630 mile pace, 530 mile pace, like you have to stay focused to be pushing that hard. And if your nutrition is not there, it's harder to actually keep your foot on the pedal. It's easy to just back off. The other aspect about how nutrition can affect performance, injury. Your muscle injuries, your tendon injuries, these things need protein to be able to heal. If you know, being able to eat well and getting enough protein can help expedite how long it takes to recover from these injuries. On the flip side, having poor nutritional status in that moment can lead you to be more likely to get hurt. If you don't have enough energy to be able to play well, to focus, you can easily put your body in the wrong position to, you know, tear a tendon. You might slip in a way that you might not have if you were properly, uh, you know, tended to your food. So not eating enough or not eating the right type of things can lead you to do something that you wouldn't normally do at practice or in a competition that could get you hurt. And also, you know, eating quality food can help you with being able to recover from that. Uh, before we move on and talk about, uh, before we move on and talk about these aspects of what these foods are, a uh, couple thoughts, questions about even just that part right there. Any examples uh, of times where you ate well and you were like, oh, I'm on point or times where you ain't eat so hot and you realized it like, oh, I might throw up today. I've seen that happen a lot. People don't eat enough food and they come in there and they call Earl. Yeah, the last time I was at the gym, I didn't eat in the morning <laughs> and got very nauseous. <laughs> it happens. So one of those things, when you come and do these kind of high intensity workouts, I know not everybody likes to eat in the morning before they train, but it's a really good thing to do uh, to get some of that in your stomach because it, for, for a lot of people, it helps their stomach play nice. So thanks for sharing. All right, we're going to uh, move on to the next part here. So, oh, wait, you can't see my screen here. Let's see my screen here. All right, so let's talk about what should you be eating? So there's three main uh, things here when it comes to your macros. You have carbs, proteins, and fats. You've probably heard of all of these. So carbs. Carbs are uh, a fancy word for sugar, right? So uh, it's basically carbon and hydrogen and oxygen that make a carb, all right? Or particularly carbon and hydrogen. Anyways, way too nerdy. So carbs, your body uses primarily for like moderate to high intensity activities. Think when you're in the gym and you're working hard, you're using a lot of carbs. If you're out running, 
uh, especially if you're running decently fast, you're using a lot of carbs. If you are playing basketball, you're playing ultimate, these sports, because they're pretty high intensity, require you to burn carbs. And the reason for that is your body uses different types of energy to be able to do activity. So right now, while you're sitting here, your body's actually using a lot of fat for you to, you know, just be idle. You know, it runs on fat at when you're not doing anything, if you're going out for a walk, if you are going out for a, a light run that's not very fast. It doesn't mean it's not using uh, carbs at all. It just means that it's more biased to using fat during these lower intensity activities. But if you start doing something that's more higher intensity, you would be more likely using carbs. And when you think about um, aerobic activity versus anaerobic activity, aerobic literally means it uses oxygen. And so anytime you are using fat for fuel, you need to use a lot of oxygen to do that, to help break it down essentially. And you can also use oxygen for carbs when you're doing a lot of these activities, whether you're running three miles, or you're playing basketball for a couple hours. Also, just as on the, on the aside, when it comes to like um, how your body uses energy, when you do something that's really explosive, Mary, you were just in here doing those trap bar jumps. Uh, you know, you guys were just in here doing plyos and stuff. In, he, in the gym, when you're doing these high intensity activities, or if you're on the track and you're doing a hundred meter dash and boom, you're going, your body actually can produce energy without using oxygen. Um, but that's a whole different thing. So at any rate, carbs. When you're playing sports, carbs are the primary thing that you use. And when you run out, you will feel it. You'll hit that wall and it's like, whoa, what just happened? I'm out of it. Two types of carbs. You have simple carbs, complex carbs. Simple carbs are sugars. That's candy, that's cakes, that's um, fruit even, that's sports drinks, syrup, yogurts, you know, these sorts of foods generally have simple carbs. What makes them simple is that they break down really fast in the body. I like to tell people, if you ate a bowl of white rice every hour, you could probably eat a bowl of white rice every hour throughout the course of your day and never get really full because your body will break it down so fast. Complex carbs are obviously more complex. These carbs take longer to break down. So these are like sweet potatoes, whole grains, uh, beans, you know, uh, vegetables in general. These foods take longer to break down in your stomach. And so the energy goes into your blood a lot slower over the course of several hours. Whereas if I just ate a cookie right now, or actually the restaurant I was just at, I finished off with some chocolate truffle cake. Uh, that immediately hit my bloodstream. Um, and so, you know, because it's a simple sugar, so it breaks down a lot faster. And so it hits your bloodstream a lot faster and your body has to like absorb it really fast. Whereas the moderate, I mean, the complex carbs, they're slow and steady. So your body actually has a better ability to take it in. And when people talk about like having diabetes, it's from a lot of a lifestyle that involves a lot of simple sugars that you constantly flood the body with sugar. And eventually your body does not have the ability to absorb it so well. And that's where people lead to uh, diabetes type two. Anyways, so carbs, protein. 
Proteins primarily use for muscle health and most body functions. They say 70% of your body is water. I say almost the other 30 is largely protein. Like everything in your body runs on proteins. Um, we're not gonna go down that route, but when it comes to training, your muscles are made up of proteins. When you train, your muscles break down and you need these proteins to help build it back up. And it's not even so much building it back up so you can get big buff and strong. It's literally, you've done damage to your muscles by working out. So the protein that you eat helps replenish them. You need to eat more protein to like build the muscle and get bigger, but you literally just have a baseline amount of protein you need to eat just to keep it together. There are obviously animal-based proteins, plant-based proteins. Things about animal proteins, they are complete proteins. Um, there are certain proteins that your body needs that most plants don't have all of. And animal proteins have a full set of the essential proteins that your body needs. So when it comes to eating plant-based proteins, you're gonna to wanna to eat a variety of different plants that have protein to make sure you're getting enough. I don't have a preference about which way you go. I will say when it comes to eating meat, the leaner the meat, the better. So like chicken and turkey or leaner meats um, versus like beef. Uh, so something to keep in mind. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about like eating a lot of protein, how that handles the muscle weight loss and weight gain and all that a little bit later. Then there's fats. Fat, like I talked about earlier, used for low intensity activity and other body functions. It helps pad your organs and keep your organs safe. Uh, that's one of the big roles. It also has roles in helping different aspects of your body communicate uh, and keep a flow and all that jazz. The other aspects of being able to uh, have fats that's important is looking at trans fats versus saturated fats versus unsaturated fats. So these fats um, differ based on like some chemical stuff. Saturated fats are fats that have a bunch of hydrogen molecules that are full. So without drawing on here, I want you to imagine, imagine a, a centipede. I know that's like a horrible thing to think about, but just think about a centipede for a moment. You have this long skinny thing with a bunch of legs, right? A saturated fat, if we think about it as a chemical, there's a bunch of hydrogens on every single pair of legs. So that if this is gonna be get, this is gonna get more morbid, but stay with me. Saturated fats, you can stack them. So think about like a stack of centipedes, right? Butters, those are fats that because all of the hydrogen parts of the, of the atom, the molecule are full, they stack at room temperature. So any fat that's solid at room temperature is probably a saturated fat. Trans fats are very similar. Um, there's a little bit of nuance between those. Uh, often they are unnaturally blasted with hydrogen to make it that way, but they might not have been that way in the first place. Um, whereas saturated fats, you know, butters comes pretty natural. Then you have unsaturated fats. These are the quote unquote good fats. Unsaturated fats, 
There's polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, which basically means the centipede is missing legs. And because it's missing legs, it can't stack. So that fat is room temp is water, I'm not water, liquidy at room temperature. So think like oils essentially. Those are fats, but because the chemical structure is different, they are liquid at room temperature. Your body's health and the way that you know different uh, nutrients get transported through your blood prefers unsaturated fats more than saturated fats. A lot a lifetime of eating saturated fats and trans fats clog your arteries. All right, we don't want that. So what's the difference in the foods? When you eat like pastries, cakes and pies, cakes and pies, if you're eating meat fats, if, you know, bacon grease, um, you know, beef, whether you're eating, you know, other greasy foods, French fries, fried chicken, these often have saturated and trans fats. Even like vegetable oil is not really that great for you. And so these things, are more likely over time, they will clog your arteries up. They, they operate in your body very differently. Unsaturated fats, you'll find in like fishes. If you ever heard of like omega-3s and omega-6s, these are unsaturated fats. And those two different types of fats actually have different uh, properties. But fish oil, if you ever heard of like a supplement like fish oil, it's where you get this from. Eating fish helps give you good fat. You can also find this in Sometimes avocados, uh, I believe definitely avocados, not sometimes. Nuts, uh, legumes, beans, these often have unsaturated fats with them. So these are good ways to get that in your diet. All right. So what else? We have vitamins. Uh, I didn't put minerals on here because I'm an idiot. Uh, vitamins, minerals, also we're gonna talk about hydration. So vitamins wise, you have like water-soluble vitamins and fat-soluble vitamins. These help your cells in your body with all of the things that you just need to make sure your body works properly. If you eat enough vitamins, things work well. Don't eat enough vitamins, you eventually are probably going to have some problems that will relate to what you're missing. All right. So water-soluble vitamins, you have to actually eat very frequently because your body doesn't store them. Uh, vitamin B vitamins are types of water soluble vitamins and you have to generally intake them every day or two or a few to make sure you're getting enough because if you eat a bunch of B vitamins you are going to pee it all out later. Fat soluble vitamins on the other hand your body actually stores so these vitamins like vitamin A which you might be familiar with like for your eyes vitamin K these different vitamins will actually be stored in your body, just in the fat that you keep on your body. So these, you don't have to eat so often if you're you know, getting enough. Minerals, so we have things like iron, calcium, chlorine, potassium, magnesium, all of these different minerals have their own uh, roles in your body. Few important ones that often come up when it comes to sports and athletics, iron. Your blood has iron in it, and the iron in your blood helps carry the oxygen to your cells. So often people can get iron deficiencies because they're not either eating enough meat or they're not eating enough like 
uh, broccoli or other foods that are generally pretty high in iron. Not having enough iron often is the reason many people are just tired throughout the day. Iron deficiencies can lead to fatigue, they can lead to fogginess, uh, because you're not actually just getting your body enough oxygen because you don't have enough iron in your blood to carry the oxygen. Calcium can affect bones. It can also affect how your muscles fire. Uh, in your body, calcium, chlorine, potassium are important in actually making your muscles work. And if you're not eating enough of those, things just, you know, they're off. And it's you know, hard to describe. It's different in different people. Those are like very specific things that go on. But these are also important. One other thing that over the years of me coaching, I've discovered has come up more often with people is not having enough magnesium and how that can affect cramping. This is something I've found with people that are more in their middle age, but sometimes when they're like, I've had people come in and they're like, yo, I'm having like night cramps, especially like Charlie horses, like in the middle of the night and they've gone to their doctors and talked. And I've had this on a few occasions where they said, oh, you know, my doctor told me that I'm not eating enough magnesium in my diet. And, you know, lo and behold, start eating more magnesium, less instances of night cramps. So that's a specific instance of that. I can't name for you off the top of my head foods that have magnesium. So that's what Google's for. And then lastly, we'll talk about hydration. How do you tell if you're hydrated? The easiest way is to go to the bathroom. Think about the last time you went to the bathroom. The color of your urine can determine how hydrated you are. If your urine is clear like water, you are beyond hydrated. You are very, very hydrated and you are good for probably several hours. If it's faintly yellow, that's also good. Now, if it starts getting pretty yellow, then you are in a situation where um, you need to drink some water. If it's solidly yellow or getting gold, you should drink some water, becoming dehydrated. And if you're out playing a sport, if you're out playing basketball, if you're out running, you're playing ultimate, like this can affect you. And if it's like dirty yellow, you, you probably already got a dry mouth and it's time to do something before things get worse. So two strategies for getting hydrated. And then I want to think about any questions you have before we talk about portions and how to calculate this. And the next part that we're going to do you may want a pencil and paper uh, to do some quick math about how much to be eating. But uh, think about any questions you have leading up to that right now. So some strategies for hydration. One way is to just carry water on you all the time. If you don't like tap water, you might have to keep some bottles of water, keep a filter at home and be able to carry that with you so you can drink enough water throughout the day. As a matter of fact, when I get done with this part, my water is on the other side of this table and I'm gonna go get that. Um, so that's one way and a lot of people do that. There are different like water bottle types even that are out there that list like drink this throughout the day. And it's like starts at like eight in the morning and you drink some during the eight and then it's like, hey, you know, there's little motivational quotes on it. I've seen these water bottles, you know, like 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 3 p.m., you got this. You know, it's like 7 p.m., you're almost done. So if you get a big enough water bottle and you fill it up, that can often be enough water through the day, uh, you know, depending on how active you are, what you're doing that day. If you're working out for three hours, you're probably going to need a lot more water. Another strategy that I like to use, actually, something I highly recommend to all of you, is start the day off with like a full glass of water or two. When I start the morning, one of the first things I do is drink water. And I'll take like a whole glass down. It 
completely refreshes you. So I drink about two glasses of water first thing in the morning. Also, it's wise if you think about timing things, drinking a whole glass of water, a couple glasses of water every time you eat. So if you think about getting eight glasses of water in, right, which is probably not always enough, but we can start there. If you get two first thing in the morning, you get a third one during breakfast, you get a fourth one in between breakfast and lunch, you get a fifth one while you eat lunch, you get a sixth one between lunch and dinner, you get a seventh one at dinner and you drink one more after that, you're doing pretty well. And if you keep with that schedule, you'll probably end up drinking more if you know, you're working out. So you need to drink water pre, during, and post your workout. So those are a couple of different ways to be able to stay hydrated. All right. Um, also, one person said uh, in the chat, potassium for cramps too. So when the reason certain like potassium, chlorine um, are good for, there's another thing I'm thinking about, like uh, sodium. Uh, are good for handling cramps, sodium, potassium, chlorine. The, I'll say this in the simplest way possible. Your nerves shoot electrical signals into your muscles to make them do stuff. And these uh, minerals are used in the transfer of like the electricity that goes into your muscles. And so if you don't have enough of those nutrients, things don't go so well. And so they can lead to cramping and potassium and sodium and chlorine are very important nutrients in that. All right. Uh, I want you to think about questions that you have about what we just talked about or stories that you might have as well. Let me grab a quick drink of water. Yeah, yeah, anything? How do you uh how do you keep yourself hydrated? Somebody. Oh, drink water. <laughs> What's your strategy to make sure you're drinking enough water? Always have a water bottle. But also I noticed, I believe. If I don't drink enough water, like say the day before a big race, I'll be more likely to get cramps in the race. Mm, it's a good point. Making sure so you're getting enough. Hydrate first, stay hydrated the day before. And then when you travel, like if you travel for a race, like traveling's the one time I don't always drink enough. So I really have to be aware. Yeah, traveling is sneaky and it's very easy when you're going on road trips or catching flights places. It's very easy to actually not drink enough water. Uh, or even eat enough food sometimes. So that's actually a good point. Um, how, how else does anybody else stay hydrated? Or um, thoughts about like your favorite uh, ways to, you know, favorite foods you like to eat for carbs, for your fats, for your proteins, or you know, just questions before we move on. You know, somebody give me something else. I like pasta. Pasta. So we're going to talk about uh, some carb things, but Pasta is, you know, one of those carbs where, you know, a lot of runners like to do that before, like the night before races. So it's a good way to get those carbs in the body. And so actually, let's talk about that for a second. Your body stores food, right? You are a storage bin is one way to think about it. And the fat that's on your body is energy, right? Uh, the more fat you have on your body, the more energy you just have to 
feed on, right? Uh, your body also stores carbs on it. And the scientific word is glycogen, right? And so I like to think of it as the weights that are over there on the weight tree. So if you look over there, you see the stack of weights right there, right? So on the stack of weights, let's look at the weights that are over here on the floor. Those are like your simple sugars. Uh, the weights are kind of independent, although they are actually kind of neatly stacked, but let's pretend they were just scattered about. Those weights uh, would be your simple sugars that as soon as you eat, they go in your bloodstream and they're kind of flowing through your blood, readily available, but you can only have but so much in your blood. Then you have your weights stacked up over there. Those, your body actually will store sugar that's, you know, packed into this complex carb. Your body repackages it as its own starch, essentially. Starch is another word for like complex carb, by the way. So like pastas, beans, things like that. Your body will package it in your muscles. So you will store some of these carbs in your muscles. And then also in your liver, you store carbs. And so it'll shuttle it out for you as you need it. So something to think about. You ever heard of like lactic acid also? As you build it up, your body actually sends it to your liver to get turned back into carbs because lactic is actually sugar. The acid part is actually a little bit of a misnomer. Your body never actually has lactic acid in your muscle at the exact same time. It's always lactic and the acid concentration of your muscles go up, which causes the burn, but it's not technically lactic acid. It's literally just a bunch of hydrogen ions that make it acidic. So a little uh, nerd moment, but I will generally always refer to it as lactic acid because it's easier for people to understand. That was more than you needed. But uh, that is something to think about. When you think about like Mary, you mentioned eating pasta. People do this, eating a lot of food before competition. Eating enough, you know, eating all that in, it helps build your muscles up, build your liver up to be storing enough of this. So when you go out and compete and you eat a little bit more, now you have some in your bloodstream, but you're like, fully loaded, right? So you're fully packed up and you're able to go through. Because one thing that happens when you don't have enough carbs, you don't have enough energy on you, especially carbs, and you're out, you know, if you're playing basketball for a couple hours or you're out going for a really hard race, well, what happens is you hit the wall. There is a certain amount of energy you need to have in your body for your body to burn it smoothly. As you run out, you build up more waste products and essentially you start burning through the carbs a little bit faster because you can't replenish it as well. It's like the less you have, the faster you burn it. And so then that burn builds up and you can't actually produce it aerobically as well. So then you start producing it anaerobically, which builds up that feeling of the wall even more to where eventually you're like ready to tap out because you're running too low to actually do it efficiently. So it just burns dirty. Um, and then you like are about to tap out. So you'll notice this if you're competing and your legs start to just randomly feel heavier or increasingly feel heavier, or if your breathing picks up a lot, because if your breathing picks up a lot, then that means you're starting to burn it a lot faster. You'll probably tie in with your legs feeling heavier because you're starting to get into anaerobic because you don't actually have enough on your body to keep it aerobic. Uh, and then your body starts to shut you down in intensity so that you have to go back to aerobic. 
but that shutdown of intensity is like very, very less than you need to be competitive. So something to be mindful of. As we move into the next section, talking about how much you should be eating. So let's go there. All right, so how much? All right, this is the time for you to pull out your uh, calculadores. No, that's computador. I don't know a calculator in Spanish, but go grab your calculators, people. Uh, or use, use your phone. So how much you should, should you be eating? This is based on your body weight and how much activity that you do. And it's totally pretty rough, okay? Uh, so rough, I should have just gave you the first number, not the second number. So high intensity activity, when think about carbs, first of all, before we even talk about this, here's what you need to do. Think about how, think about how much do you weigh and multiply that by 2.2. That'll give you your weight in kilograms because all this stuff gets measured in kilograms. Why they don't use pounds, I don't, you know, because we don't. Um, thank you. Uh, Coach Benny's in the room, and he told me to divide by 2.2 because, yes, you might have just been surprised. Multiplying by 2.2 makes you a very, very large person. So, I mean, uh, divide by 2.2. So, for me, I'm about 140 pounds. So, that's about 60, like three kilograms for me. So, if you weigh around 140, you're like in the lower 60s of kilograms. When you look at um, how they measure carbs, it's based on how intense your activity is. High intensity activity, if you're playing ultimate for like an hour or two and you're playing a lot, that's pretty intense. Coming in here, strength training, some of the more intense workouts can be high intensity, um, you know, a really hard hoop game. If you're, if you're racing or doing a running workout, like if you're doing intervals, that's high intensity activity. Moderate's more like if you go for a fast run, but it's not that hard, or if you're doing like a lot of technique work, kind of tiring, but like it's not that much work. Uh, you're doing a workout in the gym, but you're not like pressing the pace very much. Think about um, if you also look at it in a, in a one through 10 sensing about how you fill out the end of your train heroic, it's like a high intensity, like seven through 10. Moderate's gonna be like four through six. Um, you know, under four will be low intensity, low intensity. You're going for like a recovery run. You're doing some throwing and ultimate some, you know, maybe a couple of small cuts, but you're not doing too much. Uh, you're doing like a recovery workout in the gym, no plyos, no heavy weights, nothing too strenuous either. So that's how you can gauge this. And you can see the higher the intensity, the uh, more carbs you need. So as an example here, let's say, we're in here, we're doing a really hard workout in the gym, right? I'm gonna take my 63 kilograms and I'm gonna multiply it by seven. That is 441 grams of carbs, okay? That I would need to eat. So when you look at like the food labels and you think about what you're eating throughout the day, I would have to accumulate 441 uh, grams of carbs for that. Now, this is a rough estimate. You know, body size, I mean, that's why the weight's a factor can affect it. Sometimes age, gender can, you know, affect this as well, but this is a rule of thumb. What I want you to do, if you have your number, like I have my number 441, just to think about it in the calorie sense, high intensity work for that day. Carbs have four calories per gram. So I'm going to take that 441 and multiply it by four. 
That's 1,764. Just to meet my carb amount to do high intensity activity for the day, that's almost 1,800 calories of just carbs to eat, okay? Which for some people that might be a lot to eat, for other people it might not be. But this, eating this allows you to do the activity optimally and recover from it. Uh, when it comes to recovery, you need to eat enough to replenish what you spent. Versus, let's look at low intensity. So take my 63 kilograms, now multiply it by four grams per kilogram. Because all I did on this particular day is I went for like a slow three-mile run. Uh, and I was on the phone the whole time I was going, right? That's 252 grams of carbs. If I multiply that by four, that's a thousand grams of carbs. So not a whole lot of food to eat that day. And when you think about, oh, how much is 200 grams? It's a lot. Uh, it's not. Um, I'm trying to think. A sweet potato is probably, mm, let me look it up. Probably close to 100. Let me look it up. So how many calories is a sweet potato? How many calories is a sweet potato? All right. A sweet potato is about 114 calories. So, uh, uh, and that's a cup of sweet potatoes. So that may or may not be a full sweet potato. All right. Let's talk about pizza because they saw that pop up, right? Pizza, pizza slice. Pizza slice is almost 300 calories. So on a low intensity day, I could get most of those calories. I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's not in grams. So one slice is 107 grams. So good catch there. So 252 grams. So I need two slices of pizza to hit that. Uh, if I multiply that by four, it's 1,000 calories. So four slices of pizza would hit my goal. All right, low intensity activity. But in a high intensity day, I need like set, I need like five slices of pizza to do that on the high intensity day. So something to think about there. Uh, protein, let's talk about protein. So again, we can use our handy dandy calculator and look at how much protein should you be eating? Now, it depends on what your goals are. The, these are rules of thumb, remember. So think, take your weight and if you multiply it by uh, 1.2, 1.4, this will allow you as somebody who's trying to stay strong and slowly gain weight to put on some muscle. So if I wanted to add some muscle to my frame, I'd take you know 1.2 times my 63, I would need 75 grams of protein, all right, to do that. And let's use, um, I think chicken's like a great thing to use as a reference. So. Let's look at, let's say a drumstick, right? How many grams of protein is a drumstick? Okay, a drumstick is 12 grams of protein. So for my 140 pound, 63 kilogram frame to gain weight, I would need to eat the equivalent of about, that's 75 grams, about six drumsticks worth of protein, all right? Now there's other ways to get the protein, but it's an example, all right? If, let's say, eggs, and an egg. An egg has six grams of protein. 
So you can see you need to eat a fair amount to be able to get enough protein in. Um, that would be also about 300 calories of protein for that frame. So if you are somebody who's around that 140 pounds and you're trying to gain some weight, yeah, you need to eat about that uh, 300 grams, uh, I'm sorry, 300 calories of protein. So there's also different aspects for increasing strength, muscle mass, maintaining strength, losing weight. And you might notice for people who wanna lose weight, it's actually recommended to eat more protein uh, that can help with keeping you full and not you know, requiring you to eat so much food. Um, fat, uh, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna do all this math for fat, but fat's also important here um, to make sure that you're getting enough of that to have sustainable energy throughout the day. Uh, make sure you have enough on your body because it is useful for your health to have fat. Um, a lot of the functions in your body your cell walls, the transporting nutrients require fat in your body. Um, just literally having padding for your body um, to handle just life, that's useful. So hopefully you wrote down these numbers, took a screenshot of this. If you haven't taken a screenshot of this, it would probably be wise to take a screenshot of this because this can give you some ballpark numbers of how much to be eating. And when it comes, we'll talk about weight loss later, but if you're looking to gain weight, lose weight, if you can get some baseline of how much you're eating, what to eat, that can actually then allow you to go ahead and um, figure out, all right, how much less do I need to eat to begin losing weight? Or how much more do I need to eat to begin to um, gain weight? Also, uh, all right, cool. Let's move on. Timing food. All right, uh, we're getting close to the end here. Timing your food. So something to think about is when to eat what? If you are like a couple hours before you compete or a couple hours before you come to train, it's good to have like a full meal, especially if you're training like in the afternoon or the evening. So if you're coming here like right after school, if you're going to practice right after school, it's good to eat a lot, a fair amount of food at lunch. The more food you eat at lunch, the better. All right, if you go to lunch and you get like a chicken patty and applesauce, you're not eating enough food. Now, I know these schools don't be feeding y'all, so I get it, but, you know, start packing lunch or something. All right, eat somebody else's lunch. Be a bully. No, I'm just joking. Don't be a bully. But you need more food, all right? I, as a high school track coach, can't tell you how many times I've seen kids come to practice, like, completely swamped of energy or they're about to throw up. They can't focus. And it's not just because they're irritating teenagers, although that plays a role. It's because the school, they eat nothing at school. Some of them don't want the school lunch, so they don't eat at all. So they really eat all day or they had this little small lunch, right? Um, that will affect your ability to perform after practice. So eat a lot at lunch. Um, you know, for those of you who are not in school, making sure if you're going to work out, you know, on your lunch hour, eat a good breakfast so that you have enough fuel for that. Or if you're eating after, I mean, if you're going to work out after work, eat a big enough lunch to help you have some fuel to get you there. Again, not everybody, you know, everybody likes to eat somewhat different times. There's liking to eat certain things at certain times. Then there's what's optimal. They are not always the same. Uh, I mean, sometimes they are, but, you know, sometimes what you like is not always what's best for you. So something to think about for like those who just like refuse to eat throughout the day. Now, 
if it works out well with your energy that you don't eat until like lunchtime, that's okay. It's just when you're doing, if it depends on the intensity of what you're about to do. So a full meal. What is a full meal to me? That is a meal that has, you know, some good complex carbs. So we're talking pasta, we're talking beans, we're talking, uh, you know, dark rices. We're talking about sweet potatoes. We're talking about quinoas, um, things that are high in starches. And the thing about starches, especially plant starches, is they have a lot of nutrient density. We think about the vitamins and minerals we talked about earlier. Something about your brain and being full, the more nutrient dense the food is that you're eating, then the happier your brain is and will stop bugging you so much about eating. If you eat junk all day, it's easy to just keep eating junk all day because your body never got like satisfied from the food because there's no nutrients in it. Versus if you eat a pretty good, even high plant-based meal, you might actually not have the temptation to eat so much just because your brain's like, yo, we got these nutrients in, you know, I got my fat soluble vitamins, I got my water soluble vitamins, I got some minerals, got some good calories, I'm good, baby. That's it. You're done eating. And so your brain, like, I'm gonna let you go. Do what you gotta do. All right. Versus if you eat a bunch of white rice all day and french fries, you'll be like, hey, come on, man. You could do better than this. Go eat again. It plucks you in the back of the head. Like, oh, I'm hungry. Plucks you in the back of the head. Oh, I just ate some cookies. Come on, man. No, that ain't it. Plucks you in the back of the head again. Ah, what about these french fries and applesauce? Definitely used to do that in elementary school. Highly recommend. Fire. But not enough. All right. You got to get the nutrients. So back to the timing. Hour or two before competition. You don't want to eat a large meal. It does take a few hours to break down, you know, a decent sized meal. Um, also, actually, let me go back to that. I didn't finish that. So you have your plant carb. We have protein on that plate. We have vegetables on that plate. And I like to, unless you have some certain energy needs of eating a lot more food, I like to go in thirds. So, you know, third vegetables, third protein, third uh, plant-based carb, or even half vegetables for most people. Um, vegetables, you can eat a lot, eat a lot of nutrients and you don't have to, you're not going to eat in a lot of calories, but you can, you know, get full from that actually. So that is very good for being able to stay full, um, is eating a lot of vegetables again. Cause like I said, it makes your brain happy. There's also a lot of fiber, fiber. Most of these starches have fiber and fiber helps slow your digestion down a lot. So fiber and protein. You can digest food for hours um, versus if you just eat French fries and applesauce, it's going to put you pretty fast. Um, so full meal, plant-based carb, vegetables, protein. And when you talk about getting fat in there, you're, you can have like some oil on there. Maybe you put some, uh, I don't know, maybe you like oil sauteed the vegetables or maybe your meat has some sort of fat on it. Maybe you have some natural butter on there. You know, whenever we talk about butter, it's saturated fat, but like, you know, if you're going to use it, use it. But maybe some of those foods are decorated with fat to give you the fat that you need. And it also helps to taste a lot better. An hour or two before competition, you want a small meal. Um, I'm going to just keep talking about French fries and applesauce because like, why not? Um, no, it's not the most nutrient dense thing, although some really good applesauce, you got some nutrients in there. Those carbs will break down pretty fast. Uh, large snacks. So, you know, that might be like a big cliff bar that could be eating a sandwich. Um, that could be, you know, grabbing a granola. That could be eating a bunch of fruit. You know, like pop like uh, a Greek yogurt even. 
can digest pretty fast and it's okay to get some protein in. Protein does break down in your stomach slower, but the amount that's in a Greek yogurt, you'll be fine. Most people will be fine, I should say. You want this to be carb dense and having it be complex carbs is also a pretty good idea as well. Now, within an hour of competition and during the competition, you're going to want to get carbs that digest fast. If you have food just sitting around in your stomach, when you're going to go compete or train, you're not going to enjoy it very much probably. So you want to make sure you're going to eat something that digests fast. This is the time for like liquid carbs, whether that's like a sports drink that has carbs in it, or that's like a gel pack that has, you know, a high amount of carbs in it that'll quickly digest. That could be fruit. Fruit is pretty watery. So it actually digests really fast and the carbs are simple and it has nutrients in it. Um, and then like energy bars or like snack bars. So granola bars, uh, you know, maybe those like little protein cookies. Uh, no, I wouldn't recommend that, that that much. That could be like a, I think I said Nutri-Grain bar, Cliff bar. It could be, um, you know, any of these type of things, right? A kind bar. These are good to eat during um, or right before competition because they'll break down and get you the energy pretty fast. These are also good to do right when you're done competing, but also adding in like smoothies. I didn't put that on the slide, but when you're done with your competition or your training, it's good to get calories in immediately. When you are done working out, your body is just like, feed me. Come on, let the food come. Your body is very susceptible to protein, to carbs, to being able to eat it all in. The, your state of the day, uh, how willing your body is to actually take in food does change throughout the day. Um, there are certain uh, ways you eat that can increase how many nutrients you're bringing in. So like car carbs and protein help actually get your body to eat, digest both of them better. Also, it allows your body to, even if you eat a simple carb, if you eat it with protein, it allows your body to accept the carbs a lot better. Certain uh, foods, certain vitamins go better with certain foods. And then also, uh, keeping on the tra topic of training, your body will take in more nutrients right after a workout. Um, just because you ate a bunch of vitamins and minerals, you know, this is a little tidbit for you. Just because you ate a bunch of vitamins and minerals, you ate a bunch of this and that, doesn't mean your body's actually going to absorb it. Um, cooked foods are easier to absorb than non-cooked foods. So if you eat raw broccoli, your body might not break all of it down and eat it versus if you cooked it for like five minutes. So that actually helps increase the chances of you digesting it. So that means also if you work out and then you ate a little bit of your cooked broccoli, um, that can increase the chances of your body taking that in. And so when you need to replenish the first so but within the first half an hour to the first four hours, it, uh, the window slowly closes. So like the window is the biggest in that first 30 to 60 minutes when you're done training of taking in nutrients. And smoothies are great ways if you're not somebody who can palate food right after a workout. Like I can't eat right after a workout, but smoothies are great. Um, and, you know, after like four hours, your body kind of goes back to normal. So something to think about there. All right. Um, Cool. Great plate. We actually talked about this. Uh, great nighttime shot here on the run. But yeah, it's carbs, protein, vegetables, gaining weight. 
So as you gain weight, we want to make sure that you're doing things slow and steady. Okay. If you gain a lot of weight fast, you probably put on a lot of fat fast because you don't just put on muscle very fast. Gain like a pound a week of muscle is pretty good. Uh, you know, and that's eating just a little bit more protein, eating a little bit more food in general, you know, making sure you're matching how much food you're eating for how much you're training. Okay. Uh, slow and steady is a better way to go. If you put on, oh, bro, it's been a month and I put on like 10, 15 pounds. You probably put on a lot of fat. You probably put on like 12 pounds of fat and like three pounds of muscle, or maybe you put on like five pounds of muscle and five pounds of fat. Uh, I don't know. Do you really want to carry the extra weight? Um, not too much junk food. Eating junk food will give you junk calories. Uh, that plate that we just talked about, carbs, protein, and veggies, if we did like a chicken breast, a sweet potato, and a bunch of mixed vegetables, that plate, I've calculated this out plenty of times, like 350 calories. If you eat a big enough portion, maybe you get to 500 calories. A bag of chips from at our $1.99 at the corner store is about 250 to 300 calories alone. So if you're like, hey, I'm trying to gain weight and you eat a bunch of bags of chips, you are putting in way more calories than you think you are. And you're not going to be full. Okay. So something to think about there. Um, not too much junk food if you're trying to gain weight. Especially if you, you know, obviously if you're trying to gain like muscle weight. Losing weight. Some things to think about. Avoid cutting out entire food groups. Okay. That is not good for your body to cut out entire food groups. Again, figure out ways to eat less calories. Eating more protein can help you eat less carbs and fat to allow you to be more full, okay? But some people like to do like a keto diet or different like high fat diets that, and they can successfully lose weight. Now, depending on the quality of the food they're eating, they might be trading their weight loss for like clogged arteries. Uh, if they're not eating good fats, but uh, good fats and proteins, then you know you can have that issue. If you eat burgers and uh, yeah, if you eat burgers all day, you might lose weight, but you're not going to be very healthy. So, and I, I'm not saying that one should be keto to lose weight, but I'm just saying this an example of stories I've heard, people I've met. Avoid cutting out entire food groups. Don't just stop eating carbs altogether. It's about managing your food so that you eat less calories, which might involve eating generally. It's going to be more protein. Uh, it's going to be high fiber carbs because high fiber carbs require you to eat less of them because you get full faster. Fiber makes you full. Okay. So when you think about eating carbs and that's why I'm like pro sweet potatoes over like pasta, because pasta doesn't have much fiber, if any at all, but like sweet potatoes, beans, uh, rices, they have fiber because it's the skin of the vegetable uh, and that insoluble part of the vegetable that matters. Again, losing weight slow and steady is great. If you lose a bunch of weight up front, you probably lost a lot of water weight, so you just have false gains. And it's also like better for your body to just kind of go slow with it to make it more sustainable. And when your body gets stubborn, you know that's when you can look at different techniques about setting up your eating to be able to do uh, different techniques that can help you with losing some weight. But also just accept that you know if you get to a really stubborn point, all right, how much activity am I doing? Uh, how much snacking am I doing? Am I eating that 350, you know, 300 calorie bag of chips when I shouldn't be? And is that messing up my numbers? Um, am I eating enough fiber? And, you know, maybe there's other ways you can eat, like maybe eating in a small window, uh, time-restricted eating and kind of eating in a small window. Some people, on the flip side, will eat a lot of food, just a little bit of food all day long. 
So different ways to do that. Um, smoothies for gaining weight and losing weight are also great ways to like for losing weight, replacing meals with smoothies, uh, especially protein in them, gaining weight, extra smoothies, help you gain extra calories. And smoothies are usually a very healthy way to do that. So, um, let's see, almost done. So some, uh, specific eating recommendations for those of you who run for a long time, let's say like half marathons, marathons, you're going to want to make sure you definitely eat a lot, drink, uh, drink and eat a lot the night before. But you also want to make sure you're eating, you know, throughout that day. And when you go compete, if you're running for like an hour and a half or longer, it's wise to drink water during that run. Now, you know, it doesn't really matter the distance. It's more of a time thing. But once you cross like an hour, hour and a half, it, to maintain good performance, it's wise to drink some water while you're out there. And if you're going to be running for even longer than like two hours or even like an hour and a half, depending on how seasoned of a runner you are, having like a gel pack, a piece of fruit, uh, even like one thing that I would get from Marcel, you get like a Jolly Rancher, like having a Jolly Rancher, you got in like actually slowly melt. So you can get like sugar kind of just flowing in there over the course of a few minutes um, is a good way to keep your energy up. And for those of you who do like, you know, cross country where you're running for like 20 minutes, well, you don't really, I, there's no, I'm the, honestly, there's no reason to like eat or drink during that time. Uh, but when you're running longer, it's a wise thing to do to keep your energy up. Ultimate Frisbee, you know, when you're getting like a three hour practice, I'm learning, I'm going to, I'm actually getting to a point where I'm going to be like, if it's like two longer than two hours that I got to be somewhere, I'm bringing food because all that intense stop, start, jump, chase people, do all this craziness. Uh, it's draining. And I, I, I catch cramps after like two hours and, you know, having, getting in that extra sugar supply can really help with the end of like long games uh, or like tournaments where you have to play multiple games and you're out there for like two hours. Um, you need to be able to have some replenishing of nutrients. Some teams, your practice goes on for like three hours. You're out there for two and a half, three hours. You're going to need uh, more food to keep yourself on point. Um, basketball kind of depends. If you're out like a rec court and you're playing like rounds and rounds of basketball, kind of the same thing applies to ultimate frisbee. If you're, you know, playing king of the court and your team keeps winning, like you're going to need to eat or you're going to fall apart if you're out there for like two and a half hours. Uh, so it's something to think about. Uh, also, if you're playing in a basketball tournament, pretty much the same thing as ultimate frisbee. Eat between games. Eat, uh, especially if you're at a tournament and you have multiple games and you're out there for like six hours, eat between those games. There might be certain games you eat more food than others. And it's better to eat a little bit more, eat before you have to eat so that you never hit that hunger wall. Because once you hit that hunger wall, it's very annoying to get out of it. And then if you're like, you know, strength training, sprinting, again, very good. Uh, sprinting, I say that because they're like both kind of higher intensity activities they can be. And so eating a before and after, very important. They're not things that you really eat in the middle of uh, unless you really have to. But getting, for all these things, getting a lot of protein and carbs at the end, very helpful. All right. I want to talk about supplements real quickly. So these are things that are commonly supplemented. If you eat a very well-balanced diet, you do not really need supplements. If you eat enough meat, if you eat enough variety of vegetables, you'll get enough iron and calcium. Um, 
but you have to be eating enough variety of foods. Supplements are great if you don't eat a variety of foods. If all you eat every day is chicken, rice, and broccoli, or all you eat every day is pizza, or all you eat is pasta, you are missing out on food. When it comes to eating a well-balanced diet, you want to get a rainbow of food. You want to eat a lot of colors throughout the week to make sure you're getting enough nutrients. Um, but supplements for iron are good. If you have iron deficiency, you're constantly fatigued. That's something to look at with your doctor. Um, because again, like I said earlier, you're not getting enough oxygen to your body. Uh, calcium also very good for, you know, bones, muscles. And if you're not eating enough calcium rich foods, it's okay. But honestly, if you just eat a lot of vegetables, if you drink milk, uh, even if you don't drink like animal milk, cow milk, a lot of milks have calcium added to them. Um, vitamins are also, you know, things that if you're not eating enough types of foods, getting supplements for vitamins is good, especially like the water soluble ones that don't store. And then protein in uh, BCAAs, for those of you who don't know, it's called branch chain amino acids. Uh, these are essentially like uh, proteins are made up of amino acids. So instead of eating, instead of drinking, eating amino acid, I mean, protein, you're just getting what makes proteins, the amino acids, essentially. Um, these are okay, you know, situations where you want to lose weight, gain weight, um, and you're using as a meal replacement. You don't always need to do this. Uh, if you don't eat meat, it might be wise to get a supplement of like, you know, having protein, if you're not eating enough plant products that have protein. So like legumes, beans um, are really high source, quinoa, are like really high sources of animal, I'm not animal, plant-based proteins, and there's others out there, but you need to be on point about eating enough of those. And if you're not, it might be wise to get like a plant-based protein to add to things. And lastly, last slide, setting up a successful environment. And I want you to think about any questions you have, some little discussion that we can have here at the end. Setting up your home for optimal eating. If you have snacks in your house, you won't eat them. Say that again. If you have snacks in your house and they're very easily accessible, you are going to eat them. So first of all, if you are trying to like be more disciplined about not snacking so much, get rid of them. Uh, one thing I like to do, so I like pastries. I don't keep them in my house. I almost never buy pastries. And I make myself earn it by the fact that I have to drive to the bakery and I have to spend money and, you know, some of these bakeries, you go buy a cookie for $2, but I could go to Giant Eagle and buy a whole pack of uh, oven cookies for like $2. But because I don't want to have all those cookies in my house, I'm going to just spend $2 on an individual cookie when I go out somewhere. Um, now, usually it tastes better as well, but like doing that keeps me from having a house full of snacks. All right. If you have fruit readily available on your table and you need a snack, there's some fruit right there. If you have good foods in your house, Greek yogurts, you got um, healthy granolas, things like that. If you have like leftovers already packaged, you make decision-making a lot easier. All right, so shop well, keep the right foods in your house and it solves a lot of the battle. Social eating. One thing I do when I go out to eat with people, if I get to pick, I'm gonna pick somewhere that unless I have a taste for like five guys or like, a, I don't know, something like that. I'm going to pick somewhere where like, I know I can get some plant food. So 
like for me, I get a lot of like Mediterranean food. I get a lot of Middle Eastern food. I'll get Indian food. These are three particular types of cultural foods that I know I can get a lot of vegetables at. So I eat a lot of those type of foods when I go out. But even if I don't go to one of those places, I look at the menu and I immediately look what has plants on it. Now, I refuse to get a salad. I'm not about to go to anybody's restaurant and spend $10 or more on a salad. Absolutely not. It better be fully loaded and it better be amazing before you got me spending money on a salad. Uh, I ref- like, that just sounds dumb to spend $15 for a bunch of lettuce. That just, no, that's not it. So I go and I look, what has vegetables? All right, you know, if I'm at Applebee's or someplace like that, oh, they got the green bean or the asparagus. They got this guy that comes with the corn and all right, it got sweet potatoes with it. Like I'm immediately screening my food for that. Like before I figure out anything else, because I'm not going to get no heavy pasta because I'm going to pass out and go to sleep and I might not finish it. So I immediately want to know what has vegetables on it. One way that I think about eating when it comes to planning meals, when it comes to going out to eat with people, when it comes to going out to eat with my dad going self, is I think vegetable first. And it's something you can write down and circle it. Vegetable first. When you go look at what you're going to eat, you plan the meal around the vegetables, not around the meat or not around the starch. You know, in America, we plan all our food around the meat. I got steaks. What am I going to put with my steak? I don't even think about it that way. But what's my vegetable and then what I'm going to eat with it? It's a very big mindset change that helps you adjust to making sure you're getting enough nutrients in. And lastly, having a plan is key. When you wake up and you know what you're going to eat that day, it takes so much mental stress away. Think about, I want you to take a minute, not a minute, a few seconds, and think about recently how much time and energy you have spent just figuring out where you're going to go eat, what you're going to eat. You'd be surprised, like, dang, yeah, it was training. Uh, even today, I went to go coach at Central Catholic, and then I was preparing for this, and I didn't really know what I was going to eat. Like, I'm not prepared right now. And so I was, like, in a gas station sitting there. Where am I going to go? I went to this place called Buttermilk Joint. It's over, like, on the border of Oakland and Shadyside. First time there. But I'm sitting there like, oh, what am I going to eat? I'm just looking at the Google map. Like when I look for what I'm going to eat, I just go on Google Maps and start typing and stuff and looking up, scrolling, oh, restaurants. And I just like, I don't know what I'm about to do. And I ended up just pulling up in front of this restaurant, just sitting there until they open. Like, yeah, I think I'm going to just eat here. But like, it actually caused me not like a lot of stress where I'm like, I'm all stressed out, want to pull my hair. But like, it was a decent energy spend just sitting there deliberating over it. When you have a plan that you're going to eat, it makes the stress a lot easier. And if you plan your food, you can plan to eat something good. If you're sitting there like me, not sure what you're going to eat, you're probably not going to make a great choice. Now, I'm going to get a veggie burger with some, with some shard broccoli on the side. But then I got like a chocolate truffle because I was like, you know, I want a chocolate truffle today. I'm grown, so I'm going to do that. Uh, not a great reason, but I just wanted it, so whatever. Um, but if I had just like prepared something to eat, I'd have probably had an even better meal, but veggie burger was pretty good. But I got lucky. Have a plan. It'll, if you plan to win and you plan to eat well, you will do it. If you don't plan what you're going to eat, you're going to just eat any old thing or you're going to stress yourself out trying to figure out what you're going to eat that's good. So have a plan. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my uh, presentation for the day. Uh, let's get your questions, thoughts, comments. Let's go fire them away. Got a question for you. 
so what if you got like a hard time getting your um, let's see like you know you're supposed to get in a certain amount of calories each day but you have a hard time reaching that reaching that you know daily like you maybe you feel full before you reach that you know reach the you know most you're supposed to get kind of thing mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so, so like how can you i guess get what you're supposed to get every single day and even though you're feeling full before that like how do you you know so a couple ways you can do, a couple ways you can work on that one way is having something to eat like in between meals so depending on how your eating schedule is, if there's like time where there's large gaps between eating, it could be as simple as getting yourself to eat like a large snack, like a really small meal, like in between meals um, and doing it in a way that it's not so much food that you get like actually full, so you can't eat later, but it's enough calories to make up the gap. Um, another part could be, you know, getting a bigger portion during uh, some smaller meal of the day, uh, which it may or may not work because some of this is also just like getting your body to eat more of the food, like just, you know, just eat more. Um, and, you know, that might be a thing. It could be getting a smoothie and it might be getting like, you know, an extra Greek yogurt in. It could be like a smoothie, a yogurt, uh, like a small sandwich, something like that, that you can eat in between things or making your portions bigger. And it's just a matter of being disciplined about, hey, I know I'm full, but I need to hit this calorie goal. So I'm going to do that. Thirdly, you could replace some of the food that you're eating with the more higher calorie dense food. So if you swap it for something that is heavier in calories, let's say, let's say like some of your vegetables are like kale and you're eating a bunch of spinach and carrots and asparagus, whatever, you can replace some of that with like avocado or guacamole avocados way denser in calories there's a lot of fat in there so if you eat like avocado and you replace something with it or you add it to like maybe you dip carrot. i don't know if dipping carrots and guacamole is a thing so if it's not excuse me this is just something that came to mind but like if you're dipping something in guacamole and you're using that to replace something that's a way to get a lot more calories in or like even if you like hummus uh hummus is actually a good way to get more protein in as well but these kind of sauces can help with adding a lot more calories and you may not notice that you're eating a lot more by mm. doing that. Yeah, I see. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, oh yeah. And Angela says you could dip carrots and hummus too. That's the thing. So if like, if you like put carrots on your plate, just get some hummus there. And just big, big scoops with the carrots. <laughs> okay. All right. What else we got? like what types of because i like for my lunch i don't have that much time to eat how do you eat more in a smaller time like what foods are easier to eat more of um what do you usually eat at lunch um normally i eat like a sandwich and then some sort of like pasta do you have the option to get more food while you're there or are you thinking about like bringing food so normally i like bring a lunch and then i get lunch at school so you bring a lunch and you have a lunch at school. Yeah. So you get to eat twice or you eat that all at the same time? I, I eat all at the same time, but it's like tough because it's, yeah. How much time do you have at lunch? Or do you just run your mouth the whole time? Well, we have like 
20 minutes, but like if you end up getting through, it's like 15. Mm. Um, I mean, the easiest solution is just eat, eat a little bit more food, eat faster, like yap the jaws less, sit next to somebody who's more talkative. So then you don't have to talk. You just listen to them talk and just then you can eat the whole time. Um, if you're allowed to snack in class, I don't know how your classes are, but you can bring like, I don't know, some yogurts or like cliff bars, things like that to class. That can also help out with, you know, that time issue where you're not trying to eat all that food at lunch. You're eating some of it while you're in class. Um, I don't know how high schools are about that. I and mean, some teachers are more, and it's kind of a teacher's discretion. If you have teachers who are like pretty cool about that, um, especially if you're like, if your classmates don't take advantage of that and are not all disruptive, your teachers might allow you to do that. So that's something to think about. All right, thanks. Yep. Um, so when we were at the track meet yesterday, um, what would be like something ideal to eat in between uh, the events that you're doing? Good question. So in between the events, you're going to want stuff that digests pretty quickly, unless you have like several hours. When you get in the high school track next year, you'll see that like those invitationals, depending on your events, you might have like two hours between events, but you also find like, especially with COVID stuff, you might only have like an hour between events. So uh, some options are, I like Greek yogurts. They're pretty calorie dense. They're pretty starch dense. Uh, I don't even say they're starchy. They're pretty simple, actually, in the sugars. They have some protein. I, I think those are really great foods to eat during competitions because you can get a lot of calories in, and it's, it digests pretty quickly, so it won't irritate your stomach if you're already like a Greek yogurt type of person. Um, so I think those are great things to eat in between events, especially if you exert a lot. Um, cliff bars are also great bringing food with you, like, I, I'm sorry, food, fruit, uh, eating a variety of fruits is great. So like bananas, especially because they have like that potassium in there that'll help you from cramping. They also have a decent amount of carbs to help fuel you up. Apples, um, you can bring like carrots and hummus. You know, we talked about that earlier, uh, especially if you have some time, that will also get you a big punch of protein and some carbs. So things that are like snackish, but you'll want something that's heavy. So like Greek yogurt, snackish, but it's also kind of heavy. It's not like eating a bag of pretzels or a bag of chips. You know, it's a lot heavier. So you can do that. I like to do that with some fruit. Um, so there's a couple options. Bring a sandwich. You know, if you bring a sandwich that, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or I like fruit spread. I hate jelly actually. Um, but if you bring like a whole grain sandwich, that's also a decent amount of calories to get you in between events at track meets. Um, so if you mix like a sandwich and fruit, some Greek yogurt and fruit, like a cliff bar and some fruit, you know, applesauce or, you know, things you can bring, you can get like applesauce packets and bring those. Um, so these are things that you can get uh, in between meets, in between, I'm sorry, in between events. Okay, thank you. Donald. What works for me is like Belvita's, um, like a turkey sandwich, like no mayo or anything, like real basic food, um, stuff that's not too greasy. Um, 
I think I ate grilled cheese. Um, I don't know. Mary didn't do well with yogurt ones, but I think people have to figure out what works for them. Oh yeah, that's definitely right. You got to try different stuff. I like the uh, the Velveeta cheeses. That's also you know get some protein in. You get some fat in, and that can actually oh, be full. I know. I need Velveeta. They're like a granola bar. Oh, okay. Velveetas, yeah. We eat those during races. I mean, like we can eat. I can eat that like a half hour before race, no problem, or even before, even even like fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, cracker sandwiches yeah. are also good. Um, what you said something that, uh, uh, just a bit ago that, that made me think, um, but yeah, like simple foods. Ah, there was something you said. I wanted to mention it again. I kind of forgot what it was, but yeah, those are actually some good recommendations. And yeah, just trying out different stuff. Uh, cause some things your body will accept better than others when you're competing or in the midst of competition. So, you know, trying out these different options, sandwiches, like basic sandwiches are really like easy options, uh, sandwiches are great. What else we got here, people? Uh, if you have anything else, you know, bring it up. Otherwise, we are going to wrap this up here soon. So my worst marathon. Um, I ate a bunch of strawberries the day before. So they were on sale and they were like really good strawberries. And they like a dinner of strawberries. That was the worst marathon <laughs> because oh, no. I was starving by like mile 15. So that was the night before that morning. I don't think I ate anything, but by mile 15, like I was stopping at every, every rest stop that had food. Yeah, it wasn't good. Well, that sounds miserable. Yeah, strawberries the night before as your only um meal <laughs> yeah so what happens there you know strawberries they're, they're nutrients but they're simple sugars and so it's like eating nutritious candy almost and uh it's not enough to like really fill you up and store enough on your body and yeah i could imagine that was a rough ride i've had i've had more than my fair share of workouts 5Ks, even 10Ks, and just ultimate Frisbee games and practices were like, especially like Saturday morning pickups, where I would normally eat like a whole big bowl of oatmeal and some fruit before I go play. And that usually gets me through a couple hours of play. And on days where I would not do that, and I'm like eating a Greek yogurt, I'm eating a fruit out the door, like I'm like half an hour in and I'm already ready to tap out. Like I feel miserable. I'm irritable. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't even want to play no more because I just don't have enough energy on me to like exert, especially if I didn't eat enough at night. Maybe it was a long day and I just went to bed and I just didn't feel like eating. I've had those, uh, those moments and practices and games more often than I wish I did. Um, nobody else, anything else? I, uh, Pre oh, you got something, Angela? Oh, yeah. I learned one other thing. So for a long time, I would run these half marathons, and I would actually throw up in the middle of the race. And I could not figure out what it was for the longest time. And I was thinking, it must be something I'm eating or drinking. And But I wasn't eating or drinking anything. And finally, I read 
that like low blood sugar can affect your stomach like that. So actually it was the act of not eating that was making me sick. So even like, you know, the morning of a race, you're just not hungry at all because you're, you're just anxious about the race. I'll always, um, you know, eat some toast or some cereal, oatmeal. And um, yeah, that's all the problem. That's all it was. But I literally like dealt with it for like five years. Really, you know, it slows you up too. Because <laughs> you can't run fast when you're getting sick. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I want to end on that note, actually, because that's something that for my body, I'm actually very similar. Even if I eat a really big dinner, and some of you might be this way. So think about it and, you know, experiment with this. Even if you eat a really big dinner, if you work out first thing in the morning, let's say before 9 a.m., and you don't put anything in your body, that low blood sugar can be very irritable. I, I've met plenty of people like, you know, I ate the night before, but I didn't eat them in the morning. And they're like ready to throw up or they're nauseated or it just doesn't feel good. For me, if I don't, I, I mean, it could be as simple as literally a singular piece of bread makes all the world's difference for like, if I go for like a 6am run, and I go on an empty stomach, I cannot run fast. Like I'm, I mean, you know, for me, like running a fast pace is like running under eight minute mile. If I'm going to like keep running, I can hardly run under 830. If I don't eat something like I mean, running at eight minute per mile, for me feels absolutely miserable. My legs feel heavy. I can't move fast. My brain hurts. I'm, I have an attitude problem. And a single piece of bread and a single apple, literally just like that blood sugar makes all the difference, makes all the difference. You don't even have to eat a big breakfast before a morning workout. Just eating something to get you some blood sugar can make a very big difference in your performance. Um, so hopefully that gives you something to think about. Uh, I know Jack, you, come, you and Jasmine coming to the gym uh, in the morning, I believe. So you know, think about that. Uh, if you, you know, I think you already are pretty good with that, but you know, something to think about. Um, great. I'm glad you all are here. Uh, this is being recorded. Uh, Jack, did you have something before we get off here? No, I got okay. it. Um, so I'm glad you're all here. I'll send out this recording. I'm also going to probably make this an episode on the podcast. So, you know, look forward to that. Uh, if you have any further questions, you know, feel free to shoot me some emails, shoot me a message on Mighty Network. And uh, I'll answer that for you. And we'll probably do something like this later in the year. We're going to have different events. Uh, some physical therapists come in. I'm going to actually bring an actual dietitian in later in the year to talk about some of these things from, you know, somebody who literally deals with people's food all day. And uh, yeah, so happy training. Thanks for coming. And I will uh, see you all later. Cool. Thanks, Donna. We'll see you later. Thanks, Coach Sean. Bye. Thank you.